let's uh, let's get ready to, to get started and have some fellowship with each other. Good to see everybody again. I am bummed. I missed last week, so I can't really do much to build on that. From what I hear, it's like, I missed the best week last week. Like, that was the one. That was where, you know, Ken nailed it. But uh, <laughs> finally, we've only got one. <laughs> I tell you, though, from the from the groups that uh, I've been able to talk to and spend time with, have just really enjoyed the fellowship. And I don't know about for you, but one of the unique things that I take from these times together is, I mean, when I'm at when I'm at an indoor soccer game, you know, multiple times this week, or I'm at a basketball game wrapping up, you know, you're not going to get more than about three feet deep on the conversation you have with another man. And it is cool to be here and have some topics teed up, you know, to some degree, maybe they force our hand a little bit. We dig deep a little bit on some topics with each other, and I've enjoyed it. I've learned from it. I've learned about myself. You know, from very early on in this journey, one of the first things we talked about was just introspection, you know, and like what was that kind of salient event in a good way or a bad way, you know, that helped frame who we are. And gosh, you know, what I took from it, like maybe to my own fault, was I don't have too many of those. Like I lack some introspection, you know, maybe I'm a little too much like a goldfish. And it gave me like a a goal to aspire to, to take a pause and kind of reflect on the things I'm doing and saying and acting and try to learn from them. So just that one thing that I had from this time with you awesome guys is, is something I'll be able to learn and build on. And I hope that each of you can at least get one thing out of this that you can take and try to build on. And if you do, it's time well spent, and I hope that you look uh, look forward to doing this again. So with that, you know, uh, I think as I should, I'm going to pray for Ken, and uh, we'll, we'll get this thing started. All right. Dear Lord, thank you for this awesome time together. Just ask that you please pour into all these great men here. Let something resonate on our time together. Keep the bonds in in touch with each other, the friendships that we've made over this time together. And of course, please bless uh, Ken's talk. Uh, He's doing the best he can. All right. Amen. You have no idea how much that was foreshadowing for tonight. That's just really cool. Well, I'm really glad you guys are here. And uh, let me give you an overview of tonight because we're going to condense a little bit. And, of course, the condensing is going to happen when the one week that it has the most to fill in. But um, it is a great week uh, just to talk about the heart. But here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to give you that first initial conversation time, but we're going to shrink that a little. I'll tell you how. Then we're going to go through the the piece on the heart, which is, I would say last week was probably the the biggest week for me. But this, this week is like number two out of all six weeks, and it's really, really good. And then we're going to have a kind of a, a, a little, just a little bit extended around the table time at the end to talk about the questions from this one, but also uh, what stuck out in your mind from this one. So be thinking about that while we're going through all of it. But what was that one? And I love that Brent shared that. You know, here's the one part that really stuck out to me in this and where, where that was. And then I'm crazy excited about the, the fall. Um, starting in September, we're going to do a six-week and I've reviewed the next material, and 
I'll save that for the end because it's incredible. And then we are going to have hot pizza and uh, cold beer. They've already got the beer and ice if you want that and or a bunch of soda. So it is going to be a, a fun night. So here's the deal. Um, there were three different uh, three different readings we could have done for this week. The Don't Be a t- Spiritual Tumbleweed. And then there was the one from one of the authors, um, Tierce just talked about his personal side, and then there was one about the connect with your heart. Here's what I'd like to do. Uh, We're going to shave this down to about five minutes to just quickly go around anything you have highlighted from one of those stories, and uh, just kind of go one of the writings at a time and say, hey, did anybody get anything out of that one, anything specific that you highlighted, just to give an overview of what it was. Um, and if you if you have nothing in there the, on the first one, the little orange pieces that are reversed out, those are great to look at a couple of those. And Tierce's story, um, one of the highlights for me was he says, but a lot of people have substituted church with a relationship with Christ personally. And that was one that just really grabbed me that it's not about just going to an organization. It's about being in a relationship. And then the final one, there was a couple just great pieces, the concept was that men, sometimes we have a hard time articulating our feelings. And I totally agree with what he shares with in that writing about connecting the heart. If you've never just read through the Psalms, um, it is a tremendous place to just take some of the shorter ones and see what jumps off the page. And as men, a lot of times we go, yeah, that's what I feel. I felt that way. So it's, it's a great overview for that. So take those three writings and or anything else you've kind of gone through this week that sticks out in your mind. Take about five minutes with that. Then we're going to dive into the heart of the matter um, for this week, which is tremendous. It's a good kind of overview. And uh, and we're just going to have a great time tonight. So uh, on your mark, get set. Uh, go with the, re- the readings. And if you didn't and you got something that's on your mind, feel free to share that too. Got about five minutes. Rock. Okay, guys. Great job. I'm sorry that was a little short. But uh, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there, to quote um, Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, and, and this, honestly, that is my favorite time, not only this, but the end, where you guys just get into it. And that just thrills my heart on a number of levels, uh, which, which is where we're going tonight. We're going to do a quick overview. On page 110, you're going to see the heart. And uh, this is just an incredible overview of kind of where we've been and, and where we need to be. Uh, the first part really talks about where we've been, and that is the wound, which is any unresolved issue where a lack of closure adversely impacts or shapes the direction, the dynamic of a man's life. And we spent three weeks talking about the dad, the mom, the, the alone wound, and the different wounds we have. And I think it just lays a great foundation. The best way I can describe that, I don't know if you've ever built a house that you've lived in, but uh, we lived in a neighborhood that our house was already built, but they built like literally 50 other homes after we moved in. And our boys were small and we'd go to the, the different sites. And it was always interesting to me, it took so long for them to get the dirt out, get the foundation up and all the barb there. And yet they're like, okay, now we're ready. But that foundation took forever. But without the foundation, the house isn't going to stand. And uh, it's, I think what we've done in these last few weeks is we built an incredible foundation for what's ahead. Um, all men have been affected by, number one, wounds to one degree or another. We talked about our past. We talked about fathers and mothers and those. But here's the deal. Although we've been affected by wounds, authentic men are difference makers. 
Once we've been through the process that we've been through the last few weeks and we start to just identify them, hit them head on, here's what happens. One, we identify them. We embrace the good. We heal the bad. And we're now in a position where we can not only move forward but actually help others in that as well. Because every man has the heart wound. And that's kind of where we're going to look at tonight. Every one of us were born with this wound. And I would, I would call it more than a wound. I would call it, uh, I've referred to it as the black hole. Because here's the deal, every one of us was made with, um, I can't remember which uh, great philosopher said it, but we're, we're made with a, a God-shaped hole in our heart. And it's kind of like a black hole. And no matter what we put in that, it's never going to be enough. It'll be for a moment, and then we need more, and we need more, and we need more. And I'm going to share a real incredible story at the end tonight. But that, that defective heart is because of, uh, that. you'll see this in the second part, a broken world. In an instant, the world, the, our perfect world became imperfect. Uh, literally, Adam and Eve, they get put in this perfect world. And I tell you, I got to say, and I think I shared this in the last one, that I love the struggles of a man over a woman. I really do. It says, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of flesh, the boasting of what he has and he does is from the world. And that's what we struggle with. But I'll share this in, in couples all the time. I'll take that wound over the woman's wound any day of the world, any day of the week, because her challenge is the Eve, the Eve mentality. God put them in the garden of Eden, the perfect environment. And she literally is like, there's something better than this, you know? And it's like, really? And you can see that in women all the time. There's always something better. They feel like they're missing out on something. So I'll take ours over theirs 10 times out of 10, because number two, we live in a broken men in a broken world. And, and here's the deal. Number three, in spite of our best efforts to create heaven on earth, we still experience pain, disappointment, discouragement, fear, anxiety, and frustration. And I, I got to tell you, I, I, I told my wife literally this morning, we were frustrated about a few things. I can't make it for all of spring break this year. And, and I was just like, why are you frustrated with that? And I, I figured out her frustration was based on one of my frustrations of, man, I'm doing all I know to do. And there's all this unknown about to happen. Um, my one son is starting aviation school. I don't know how much all that's going to cost. Uh, my wife's talking about switching jobs, which may or may not have insurance. And I'm thinking, okay, where am I coming up that 25 grand next year? And just all the unknowns. None of it's happened. And I don't know what God has in store, but just I can get in that mode because this is not heaven. But the good news, one day Jesus will return to make all things new. And in his new world, I love it, what it says in Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither, neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore. And the former things have passed away. Literally, everything that we deal with of imperfection is going to be gone. So that's in the world. But let's look at the broken man. That's the broken world. And a broken man, Adam's sin not only broke the world, it also broke us as men. It's the heart wound. The Bible teaches that our nature is bent away from God. Even though we're imperfect, we're, we're bent to be God ourselves. That I want what I want when I want how I want it. And I'm going to constantly be trying to create my version of utopia, if I'm living, since I'm living is broken. Left to ourselves, we try to do good, but too often we can't. And if you've never read those middle chapters in the book of uh, Romans, it's one of my favorites, because it's in ver uh, chapter 7, I think it is, 
where Paul's getting very honest. And he's like, you know what? That which I want to do, I'm not doing it. That which I don't want to do, that's what I'm doing. And it's just frustrating to sometimes to get to that point. But that's, that's the evidence of that brokenness that we have and that, that wound in our heart. But I love where he goes on. He says, but those who are in Christ, those who have literally stepped in and said, okay, I give up. God, turns out you're God and I'm not. And I need your forgiveness and I need your help. Because even if I can do good, I can't sustain it. And I, and I can't fulfill it. And that which I don't want to do, I can't say no enough without help. But once we get there, I love what he says at the first part of, of chapter 8. He says, for those who are in Christ, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'm not condemned by my past, and I'm not condemned to continue in that. And we start seeing that power. And as he gets down to later in that chapter 8, he says, literally, the power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And that power, and that power alone can overcome our brokenness. So if you look on the next page there, number four, the heart wound is a man's total inability to do good before God apart from a relationship with Christ. And I love in Romans 3.10, I love when the Bible just gets crazy simple. There is no one righteous, not even one. None of us are good enough. And we're not going to get there on our own. Compared to God's standard, which is perfection, he calls holy, we fall miserably, what? Short. We fall miserably short. There's no way. But here's the deal. And on in five, and you don't have to fill anything in, but it really is true. The solution to the heart wound without God is not psychology or morality or, or religion or even self-help. All those do is cover up what's still there. And we know it's still there. The solution in number six. In the book of Romans, Paul reveals the solution to the heart wound. He says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in John 14, 6, Jesus himself said, hey, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm life. And apart from me, you can do nothing, as he says in John 15. Jesus is our only solution to the heart wound. It's that God-shaped vacuum that God fills. I, I, this is one of my favorite examples ever. I was in North Dakota, and I was up there to do a show because in North Dakota, comedy, that's when your career's on fire. And uh, so I was up there, and this, this uh, pastor who was kind of over the organization that brought me in and selling tickets, he took me to dinner. And so I just get in the lay of the land. I said, who all is coming? He says, man, the whole town is really excited, and it's going to be great. We're sold out. I'm like, that's awesome. I said, so what's kind of the vibe of the, the city? It was, it's, it was a normal town in North Dakota. It's kind of small. And uh, he says, you know what? I, I got to tell you, we're going through a bit of just a revival right now. And I said, what, what do you mean by revival? You got some, some guy coming in and speaking five nights ago. He goes, no, no, no. I mean like a real revival, like the whole city's changing. And I'm like, do tell. What happened? And he, and he tells me this story. I'll sh- share with you the shortest version of it I can. He said, there's one guy in our town, he's the richest man in our entire region, maybe one of the richest guys in the state. He owns all these businesses, super successful, and he's actually a member at our church, though he never came. And he's just, just the nicest guy and owns all these businesses, and everybody looks up to him, everybody knows who he is, and he's just it. And one day he came into my office, and the secretary told me he was here, and he, I was like, what is he doing here? And he came in, and he came in very sullen, like, 
he, I mean, somebody just killed his dog or something, and, and he's just totally down, and it was hard to even get anything out of him. He says, well, you know, what, what can I do? And he just sat there, and finally he pulls out these, this ring of keys, and he said, he put them on my desk. He said, Pastor, um, I need to ask you to do me a favor. He said, yeah. He said, these are keys to everything that I own and have, and I, I'm going to be gone, and I need you, when, when that happens, to take care of stuff when people need to get into things. And the gravity hit him. And he said, well, okay. okay." Um, He said, I really appreciate it. He said, well, I'll do that for you. But you got to give me five minutes. And he said, okay. He said, I just want to talk to you for five minutes, ask you a couple questions. He says, okay, but I don't don't need any religion. And he says, I I agree with you. And he said, "Um, let me see if I get your condition right. And he goes, what do you mean? He says, you're one of the most successful people anybody around here knows. And he goes, okay, yeah. And he says, here's what I want to ask you this. Does this sound familiar that when you you get something, when when you have a huge success in a business, it feels really great for a short time, and then you got to do more? And he said, the guy just looked up, he went, yeah. And he said, when you, when you get a new toy, when you get a new car, you get to do something new, it, it's like great for a moment or maybe even a season, but then it's, you got to have something more. When you go on a vacation, it's incredible. That's the vacation you dreamed about and you see that, but then you come back and you realize that was it. And that emptiness just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the guy went, yes, yes. And he says, can I share with you one reality that that hole is just going to keep getting bigger he says i know i I can't take it anymore i i can't i can't get enough to fill it and he goes "I, i i know he says but there's one piece that will fill that hole and he said what and he said god himself only god can fill that hole that big and he said he went man i told you i'm not i'm not interested in religion and he goes no 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 i'm not talking about religion you get you got to talk to god personally, directly. That's the only part that's going to fill that. And he said, how? How does that work? He says, well, you start by praying. He said, the guy got off his chair on his knees and he went, what do I pray? And he said, well, uh, first you just confess. Confess anything, everything you've done wrong. We just call that sin. And he's like, okay, well, God, you know what? I cheated on this and I did this. And he's like, okay, you don't have to do it out loud. And uh <laughs> He said he, he literally stood, kneeled by this chair mumbling for about two or three minutes. And he said he got into anguish of just facing it and dealing with it. And he goes, okay, what do I do now? And he said, well, Jesus died to forgive all of that. All you got to do is say, God, will you, will you please forgive that? And he, was, and he said he just dropped his head, shook his head almost to the verge of tears. And went, God, I, I, I don't know why you would. Will you, will you please forgive that? He says, what do I do now? He says, thank him. Thank him for forgiving you. He said, God, thanks. He said, he looked up, he went, Pastor, I think that might have worked. And he said, well, he says, if your heart, you really meant it, then it, I know it did. He goes, well, what do I do now? He said, well, start reading your Bible. And he said, I don't have one. And he said, I gave him one off my shelf. And he, and he went, and he says, what, what do I do? He says, just read that. And uh, he said, okay. And he grabbed the Bible. Let me pray for you. He runs out of his office. Two weeks later, he comes back 
burst in the office, past the secretary, walks right in my office, throws it down on the table, and he says, what do I do now? <laughs> and he said, well, what, what do you mean? He says, well, I read it. And he said, really? And he goes, yeah, I didn't understand it all. He said, I, I had a bad, that job guy, wow, he went through it. And, uh, and he says, okay. And he says, what do I do now? And he says, well, Sunday nights we have, a, we have an in-depth Bible study. And it, we just kind of go a little bit slower and a little bit more in-depth. And he goes, okay, what time? He said, 7 o'clock. He says, what do you mean? He says, in the main auditorium. He says, okay. He says, Ken, we usually have 40 or 50 people on Sunday nights. And he said, nobody told him how to be religious. He showed up early, not late. And he sat on the front row. And I get in there, and he's got a notebook and his Bible and highlighters and pens, and he's on the front row. And he said it was unnerving at first because I got up, and I'm starting to teach. And about every three or four minutes, he's sitting on the front row going, man, that was good. Yeah, do that. Keep going. Keep going. That was awesome. I didn't see that, you know. And he said it went the whole night. And he said we finally got to the end. And he says, Ken, I, every, every Sunday I just pray the, to wrap it up the same way, and our church will never be the same. He says, because I always get to the end, and I'm like, God, thank you. Let's pray. God, thank you for your truth. Help us to live it out in our lives. And, uh, and Father, thank you so much for the way you love us. And he says, I always end with, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said. And there was always a mumbling of amen, amen, amen. He says, Ken, do you know what amen means? And I said, well, you know, so be it, or I agree. And he goes, yeah, that's exactly what it means. And he said, uh, <laughs> He says, I got to the end there. This dude's on the front row. And he said, and all God's people said, and before anybody could mumble anything, he stood up and went, all right, yeah, that was awesome. Good job. And he does his stuff. And he says, the next morning, I'm having my quiet time in my office, and I'm reading, and I get to the end of my quiet time, and I'm like, Lord, uh, and just praying. He's like, God, thank you so much for this, and thank you for last night. That was awesome. And Lord, um, help me today. In Jesus' name, and he said, I I couldn't say it. It's like God hit me between the eyes, and he said, what does amen mean? He's like, well, I agree, so be it. And he said, God just whispered in my heart, I don't need you to agree. I know it's right. He says, are you going to be an amen, or are you going to be an all right? Which one are you going to be? He says, because he left last night. He didn't need another Bible study. He needed truth that was going to change his life. And, and he meant all right. And he said, it's in our town now. People pray, and you'll always hear somebody, all right. And I'm like, wow. That, that is this heart wound filled. That's what that means. And as I heard that story, this, I, I love this, this, this last part here, that disconnected man, faith in Jesus doesn't mean that we're all of a sudden become perfect. I love that God doesn't say, okay, you're perfect now, I expect you to be perfect. He says the opposite. I think it's in Philippians, I think it's chapter one. It says that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Until we see Jesus face to face, he's going to keep working on us. And he's patient. I love in James where he says, you know what? He who lacks wisdom, ask and I'll give it to you. And I'll give it to you without finding fault and without putting you down. Because he wants to walk with us. On number two, there are lingering effects of the heart wound. We, we try to be self-reliant instead of God-reliant. Just like Adam, we try to hide parts of our lives from God, which is pretty hilarious when you think about it. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all in for God, well, except for this one area, when I'm by myself and, and I don't have to be, and God's just smiling and patiently going, yeah, I see that too. And uh, I want to empower you, and it's already forgiven, and when you give it all to me, I'm, I'm ready. And uh, I, I can give you power, and 
forgiveness, and I got all that for you. Number three, when we're disconnected from our heart, it sets us up for failure to lead us into dangerous and damaging territory. Success will never be enough. We're crushed on the inside, and we're never completely known. Uh, I got a buddy who has a great saying. He says, you know what? I want to get to the point in my life where I live with nothing to hide and nothing to lose. And I was like, wow. That's the place where God created us to be. But men's routine avoidance of self-disclosure. I skipped one, didn't I? Men have a tendency to bore through life with their own head instead of their heart. We try to convince ourselves that if we just are good enough and realize we need help in that, and we don't communicate emotionally the way we should, men's routine avoidance of self-disclosure is dangerous and their emotional and even physical health. And we, we tend to be less likely to, to seek that out. Uh, one of the guys that we saw a couple weeks ago that, that shared, Chip Dodd, we must go through the, we must I'm sorry, we just go through the motions, never fully knowing ourselves, never fully knowing others, and never fully finding out the, finding the abundant life that God longs for us to have. And that's only when we're completely known. And God wants us to go where we don't feel like we want to go because we feel disappointed or that we're not measuring up. The paradox is that's exactly where we need to go to find complete freedom and be known. Those feelings and experiences that we stuff down inside always find their way to the surface. Sometimes it's addiction. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's just this underlying effect on everything we do. He gives us three great suggestions. One is this. We must recognize, and this is really profound, feel feelings. We need to go ahead and feel them. Don't suppress them, feel them. Feeling our feelings is about beginning to take responsibility for the content of our hearts. It requires us to live out how our hearts are made and use our feelings to experience and add to relationships, first to ourselves and then others. There's two extremes, and this, one of these is probably going to hit all of us. And the two extremes are one And I want you to decide which one you kind of lean towards the most. The first one is to disconnect. In other words, driven by the desire to control life. I'm going to disconnect so I can control and stay in control. Or secondly, to overindulge emotions. Driven by self-love and self-obsession and the need for attention. Um, I, I tend to lead towards the disconnect because I don't want to be that guy who just has gushing feelings all the time because I've seen those guys I'm like, I'm not going to be like that but it's just as damaging for me to be on the other side of being dis- disconnected a balanced approach is to be honest with our feelings before God and before trustworthy friends and that's what I would just say uh, do, you, do you have a time with the Lord where you're like man I'm failing here God help is that a part of your norm and do you have somebody trusted that you can say hey I'm you know, I'm just out of sorts. I'm, I'm frustrated here. or I'm, what, do, what do you do in this situation? Or even better, are we spending enough time with a, with a group of guys that know us to the point where they go, hey, what's going on? You just seem down. You seem out of sorts. What's going on? And do we have that in our lives? 
Because number true, number true. Number two is we must tell the truth about our hearts to those who are trustworthy. There needs to be a regular place where we need to practice transparent communication. And to one degree or another, we need we all struggle with the same things. To, to buy the lie that no other guy struggles with this, no other guy is dealing with this, no other guy is feeling this, is just a lie. We all struggle with the same pieces. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, if you need to underline and memorize this simple verse, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. So if I'm tempted in a way, there's a really good chance in this room somebody else or somebody's else are going through the same thing. And, and if not, it's something similar that we really need to grab a hold of. Give the truth of your heart to God. God, just be honest. I've said it before, I'll say it again. My favorite prayer has become, God, help! And just be honest. Like David, we must be brutally honest with God. And I want you to write one word out to the side there. Psalms. Read the Psalms. He does an incredible job of just pouring out his heart. In one Psalm, he's like, Lord, you are the greatest. You are the victor of all. My, my hope and my trust is in you. You have given me victory over my enemies. And the next Psalm, he's like, God, why have you left me? The, my enemies are driving. What is going on? Please kill me now. And it's just this roller coaster. I'm like, dude, I've been in both places. The Psalms are just awesome. Write that outside. And, and I would also encourage this. I, I write a one-page piece of, God, here's what's on my heart. And every day I just write what's going on in my life. That bottom one, keep, try keeping a journal of your prayers to God. And what it means by, I, I'll share the piece that I've learned, and that is simply this. We, we've done a we time here. What's on your mind? What are you worried about? What are you excited about? Each week, just write that out with as many details, as many areas of life as you want to. But as simply as possible, and every day go back and anything that's happened in those areas, whether it's worry or frustration or whatever, write those down. What I've found is God will either give power to get through it, perspective in it, or a peace that just goes, I've got this. Every time I do that, I write that out and it's become a journal, which is really cool. Um, In conclusion, stay connected to your heart. We need three different actions one feel our feelings and these these are paramount i would circle these put a star by them if we get nothing else out of these six weeks make a note of this tell the truth about our heart to others find some people we can trust and give the truth of our hearts to god because the bottom line is we are broken men living in a broken world but god longs to heal us And this has become one of my favorite verses as well. I've got about 20 favorite verses right now. I have told you these things so that in in me you would have peace. But God is not, he's not not out of touch. He says, I know in this world you will have trouble. Take heart. I've overcome the world. I've overcome it. I want to give you a couple references that are not here and you can write them down. Romans 12, 9 and 10. It just says... Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And love one another from a genuine heart. The other one is 1 Peter 1.22. It says, now that you have, have cleansed or purified yourself through obeying the truth, love one another as brothers. 
sincerely from a deep-rooted heart. And I just, I love those. Because number three is, uh, we are wired to have community with our creator and community with one another. We're meant to have those teammates. I'm sorry, the second, First Peter one twenty two. And we see that he just gives an overview of what we've done through these six weeks, the sessions on the man history. We spent four weeks on the different wounds, one on the teammates. That was my third favorite. The self-wound last week, it, it, just, it just really came together. We need to be connected to God and his story. So on the final ones, with the questions tonight, we're going to take, we're going to take basically the remainder of the time up to the hour um, did I, did I miss one? Did I get all of them, the blanks? All right. We're cool. Uh, on the discussions, the number one question, I want you to just spend the time, kind of this will be the shortest out of the list of questions. Just answer the question, how has, broken, uh, how has a broken world touched your life and what does God promise to redeem the world mean to you? So that's kind of the shortest answer. Just kind of go around the table. The second one that's where I want us to spend the bulk of our time in this discussion. Um, why is it difficult, do you think, for men to be transparent and discuss how transparency may be difficult for you personally and or if some of you have an uh, experience where you've had a friend where just really you, you can really do that transparent world, what is that like? And then finally, in those three that we just talked about, I want you to rank yourself from one to ten, one being... I didn't even know I was supposed to feel feelings to 10 being if Jesus were here, he would ask me for advice. Okay, so that's the that's the extremes. So one to 10 on each of those three and then maybe share which is your strength and which is your weakness if we have time. Does that make sense? All right. And uh, you have before we own about 16 minutes and then we're going to uh, wrap. I'm going to do a brief preview of next next session in the fall. And then we're going to have the pizza will be here and you'll start smelling it. So uh, go with 16 and uh, we will we'll do it. And I've got a couple things at the end. You can have all the time you need after I wrap up. How's that? Seriously. I mean, y'all, y'all, we've purposefully gone a little bit short tonight for two reasons. One, we want to kind of what's ahead. Uh, and then we want to have some time to just hang out. So you've got like literally another extra 15 minutes at the end. Um, we're going to throw up the bracketology stuff here uh, as just kind of some background noise and have some fun. I, I really do want to uh, do a couple pieces here real quick. Number one, um, I put in the middle of your table just a survey. So um, sometime in the next five, ten minutes, just fill that out on this brown little uh, night table here. Uh, throw them up there when you get done, and you can do that at any point in time. Uh, John, do you want to go over what's, what's available coming up, and then I'm going to share about the fall. Yeah, if you've already done the survey, then you don't have to do this. If you did it online, that's the same survey. But for some of you who haven't, then please do it in the next, you know, five minutes. Okay, we got two things for Sunday night for sure. Uh, One thing is Case for the Creator. And actually down by the fireplace, we have the books. And that's going to start Sunday night, March the 31st. It'll be five weeks with a molecular uh, biologist or nuclear molecular. I can't, he's so smart, I don't even know his title. But uh, Bill Heckel, um, I did this with a group of guys about six years ago, and it was really fun. So you read two chapters, 
and then he comes and just overwhelms you with his knowledge. You know, or if you have a question about one of the chapters, it's very interesting, and that's 8 to 9 o'clock um, starting March 31st. And I've got the sign-up right over here by the pizza. So you, you're really smelling the sign-up is what you're smelling. He did speak. We interviewed him one time. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he, like, sits around and reads Darwin's original works, and, you know, or he'll tell you about the study behind the study and how they, what their science was. So he can talk about anything in, in terms of science and everything in the book. So it covers cosmology, your body, uh, evolution, um, you know, all kinds of interesting science stuff. So that's Case for the Creator. That book is down by the fireplace behind Starts Sunday night, March the 31st, so it's one Sunday in March and four Sundays in April. Uh, it's really supposed to be for men only. We're not really advertising it beyond, like, this group. Um, so March 31st for five nights. And then the other thing is we're going to do, based on your surveys, we've got Trey Smith also starting that Sunday night, just doing a, a Bible study with some guys around tables uh, one of the four Gospels is what we're planning to do. Because a lot of you said, hey, I just want to get a little deeper in the Bible. So if you're like, well, I, you know, I don't really have a lot of science questions. I just want to get with some guys, get a little deeper in the Bible. Trey was one of our founding elders, and he's done a lot of Bible studies. And uh, he's just going to have some time, 8 p.m., March 31st. We're going to start doing that. And if you are a morning guy, which I assume most of you aren't, we're going to have a Friday morning yeah, it's gonna. You have to pick one or the other, man. You got to pick one or the other. You can't do both. You can't do both. But after the case for the creator is over, you could join in uh, if they're still going with um, their gospel. Uh, the the Bible study case for the creator is five weeks. Starts March 31st and goes through four April Sunday nights. I don't know which gospel, but it's going to be one of the. It's, they're all the four biographies of Jesus, and he, depending on how you guys write your surveys, he's going to pick one of the Gospels. Yeah. And then also Friday mornings, so a lot of you guys marked prayer, or in the last session in the spring, marked a desire to learn about prayer. So 7 a.m. on Friday mornings. Now, you could do that too, Danny, if you wanted to. So 7 a.m. Friday mornings. We're going to do uh, a series on just a really simple thing, because guy says, well, how do I pray? Um, so I guess you really taught them tonight. You just get on the floor, pray, say all your sins and all that. But, you know, this is um, how do you pray? Friday mornings, and that will start in about two weeks too. So we'll email that out. But you can sign up for all three of those right here, Friday mornings at 7 or one of the two Sunday night options. If you sign up for both Sunday night options, we'll just figure it out. I don't know. So, But they are at the same time, 8 p.m. Sunday, Friday morning, 7 a.m. Awesome. And then in the fall, uh, I've previewed the material, and if if you're a man, it appears like most of you are, and uh, th- the next series is the one that I've looked forward to the most. It's how do we find success and significance as men? What, is that, what does that look like? How do we get it? How do we keep it? How do we maintain it? How do we pass it on? And I'm crazy excited about that one. Um, so that's going to start in September, and we'll go for six weeks as well. And you'll be hearing more about that as it gets closer. So that's that. And then the surveys, put them up here. I would say this, even if, uh, I, tell you, I tell you what, if you've already filled out one online and you've got them, put the blank ones up here and put the filled out ones over there. And then I'm trying to think, was there anything else that, I, that we had? There is one more thing. 
Hey, can we thank Ken for coming and flying here? Yeah, we just really appreciate you and the energy you put into this. And and uh, I don't know if this is the end, but we're going to pray for you. Maybe it'll be the end. So. Okay. All right. So, Father, uh, thanks so much for Ken coming and um, just inspiring us all to be here. Some of the guys who are here, the guys tomorrow morning, and guys who haven't been able to be here every week. But thanks so much for uh, inspiring Ken to want to spend the time with us and want to be one of our band of brothers. And we just thank you for him. We just pray for even the things that he lifted up uh, in his vulnerability tonight uh, in his life and in his family. We pray that you'd be there and and work in those things. And we ask for your blessing on this pizza and the green beer and soft drinks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You got it. You got it. Nice. If you had have one thought on your mind from these past six weeks before you walk out the door, you're an all right man. So do that. Um, I know that there is meat, there is vegetarian, there is Hawaiian, and there is the small one on the counter is gluten-free if, if, that's, if that's what you need. So um, that's there, and uh, there's the sign-up sheets there, and then there's plates there. So I guess you go that way and then come out, and I don't know where the drinks are going to be. But we're going to throw on the uh, bracketology stuff. Feel free to hang out as long as you want, and uh, we'll, just, we'll just have a hang time. So you got time. Thanks for being here. Guys, you guys are a gift to me. You really are. I, I look forward to this, and I'm going to have withdrawals next Sunday night. So God bless you guys for being here. Enjoy. Absolutely, in September for sure. Okay, (laughs) just join in one of them. Absolutely.